0: This is the sprocket it's a podcast where we rank every movie ever made and we got me and michael but we also have sean this time sean hello sean
1: hi tucker uh and michael hi hi, michael
0: we're doing every nick cage movie as a subset of every movie and for these nick cage sprocks we brought in sean as the nick cage expert which is a sad thing to be
1: (laughs) well i think this stems in part from the fact that when I was in college, I would sometimes just, like, check out three Nick Cage movies, and they were divided up by I had my action cage, I had my classic cage, and I had my crazy cage. And I'd just go to a friend's house, and we'd watch those movies over the weekend. And it was a good time.
2: Yes. What, what's the hierarchy of cages here? Is, like, Cage his best as Crazy Cage? Action Cage. What? Action-
1: uh, okay, so like in brief, Action Cage is sort of like, you know, like The Rock. Yes. On air, like where he's playing like a no-nonsense sort of actiony person. I put face-off in Action Cage, yes. too. Yeah, I, I feel really. like in that one he was giving a perfor- performance. <laughs> right, he was up. an
0: actor. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The Classic Cage yeah. is where, like, the movie is good, which is not always the case with Nicolas Cage. So, you know, oh. we've got, like, Leaving Las Vegas. He won an A- Oscar for that movie. Um We've got Adaptation. We've got in Arizona. We've got... Bad Lieutenant, uh, Port of Call. Yes, 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 yes. Although... That segues into our third category, which is Gracie Cage. And that is just where, like, irrespective of the quality of the movie, this movie might just be known for the fact that Nicolas Cage went there, which is the sort of zone that very few actors or actresses can go toward. And he is, like, the 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 keeper of it.
2: So we're thinking, like, Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. um, He made
1: uh, one of those Vegas movies he made where he's, like, you know, like rolling around on the bed. Wicker Man. Sure, sure. Um,
2: (laughs) Magician's Apprentice.
0: Magician's Apprentice, of course. Sean. Yes. As an expert, can we posit... National Treasure or National Treasure 2 as the dark crystal at the center of this triangle where everything comes together and he is <laughs> action crazy and classic cage all in one.
1: I think that's a movie where you get it's like it's like uh it's like a good entry point. It's like <laughs> yeah. if you enjoy that you could go it's like, it's like the, 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 anteroom to the Nicholas Kate. <laughs> okay.
0: It won't scare you off.
1: It's like the, uh, it's like the shallow
0: end of the pool. You're just kind of getting your toes wet. You don't want to go full trunks yet.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. I mean, I they, you know, you, you walked in, uh, maybe like you did a cannonball and the pool's cold and you're kind of shivering it out. Oof, Okay. That, 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 you know, you're on stable grounds.
0: Okay. Before all of this, before the three cages, Please take us back to the very beginning.
1: Well, the year was 1964. <sighs> Hot one. August Coppola was teaching class at, uh, oh, fuck, which university did he work Academic for? Academic institution. He, he, he was in California. Okay. He taught at, uh, at uh, Cal State Long Beach at the time. Of course. January seventh, nineteen sixty four. <laughs> Nicholas Cage enters yep. the world. <laughs> the uh, uh, I'm going over my notes here. <laughs> I want to say he was the youngest of the family. Like I think he has some older siblings who are active at very in various capacities. Uh, I think one's like a radio host. The other. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to get bogged down details. Sure. So here's the thing. Cage, not (laughs) a real name. Like (laughs) you take it back. It is a pseudonym. Well, not even a pseudonym. Like it, it it, it was not born. Nicholas Cage He was (laughs) born. Yeah. Nicholas Coppola, 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 Coppola. Sure. Uh, and, of course, that means that he is related to the venerable Coppola family, including his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, a.k.a. Oh. A Big Goddamn Deal. Damn. Uh, his his cousin is Sophia Coppola.
2: Oh, what?
1: His other cousin is Jason Schwartzman, believe it or not.
2: What? <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Michael's oh, mind yeah. is like a
2: constellation yeah, coming into is, life. Yeah. The threads make sense. Okay. <laughs> so, the two, no, the, so The pieces have come together to song.
1: His father, who I mentioned, August Coppola, um, taught literature at Cal State. Um, his mother was a woman named Joy Vogelsang, who was a dancer and choreographer. Um, he... Grew up in a Catholic family. He grew up um, being into cinema and acting and knew from a very young age that he wanted to be an actor. To the point, and this is very important to the story of Fast Times at Bridgemont High. Okay. That at the age of 15, Nick went to his uncle and said he wanted a screen test. Okay. And told Francis that, like, I'll show you what real acting is. And apparently it did not go over well. They had a very awkward car ride. (laughs) So before we get to fast fast times. Yes. I want to talk about a little TV pilot. Yes, please. (laughs) Shots in 1981, which is, of course, the best of times. It was shot for ABC. It debuted on july 13th 1981 and the gimmick as it were was that it was all teens who were the actors with the exception of a couple i mean they had extras and they had one the convenience shop owner was obviously an adult and we'll get to him because he's actually pretty famous okay um but yeah they were all teens and it was like it was like a variety show um, laugh track-type deal, elaborate sets. Nick Cage was second-built. He was not the star of the pilot. The star of the pilot, and this was also his acting debut, this particular performer, was Crispin Glover. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Crispin Crispin Glover playing a regular old teenager, and boy, howdy is he, because his voice cracks every other line.
0: Is uh, is Crispin Glover the dad from Back to the Future? Am I thinking of absolutely the yes, yes okay.
1: absolutely. In this pilot, he's like a fresh-faced seventeen-year-old. Actually, every actor goes by their real name. So Crispin Glover is Crispin. Of Nicholas Cage is Nick. Um, there's, like, a Jill, a Julia, Kevin, a Lisa, a David. And Nicolas Cage plays, like, Crispin Glover's best friend. Because according to Crispin, you know why he's my best friend? Would you tell him he wasn't your best friend? And they show, like, a montage of him, like, doing aggressive push-ups on a beach. The other main character is Mr. O'Reilly, who Mm -hmm. is the owner of the local gas station convenience store and he is played by Jackie Mason.
0: I don't know who that is.
1: He voices uh (laughs) the dad he voices um Rabbi Kristofsky on The Simpsons. (laughs) Okay. So imagine that voice coming out of like a man wearing an apron talking about like hold on, I have my notes here. You picked Uh, the
0: exact correct reference for me where I'm like, oh okay, sure. I know who that is.
1: I guess the only other thing is, like, I get, well, he was a stand-up comedian. Okay. Uh, but, like, that's how I know him, because he, sure. he has a a very deep voice, and he's very Yiddish. Yes. his pronunciation. Okay. So, no, otherwise, like, I fully understand why this was not picked up, because, like, it's just an hour of, everyone being too much but it would it would be interesting if if like this had been picked up and then like nick cage and crispin glover ended up being like tv stars in the early 80s i'm sure things would have turned out a lot differently (laughs) did you guys
0: quick sidebar here did you ever listen to the album crispin glover made
2: no no
0: oh you should i'll just leave it at that yes especially the clown song uh, There might be some clown song in the editing of this podcast episode, but great, (laughs) great album. Okay, Sean, sorry, please continue.
1: Well, and that's a good segue, because let's move on to Fast Times of Ridgemont High, specifically how Nick Cage was actually supposed to play the character of Brad.
0: (laughs) One of my favorite characters in the film.
1: Yeah, Nick Cage was supposed to be Brad, according to IFC. (laughs) <laughs> and there were some. Thank you. Thing. I have sources. I know. I know. I appreciate it. But yeah, no. So both said that like Nick Cage was gonna play the lead role. Um, it's worth noting that he lied about his age because he was technically a minor at the time. Because like when you're 18, it's whatever. But when you're a minor actor, there are certain rules governing how long you can be on set. Oh sure. So like he was a. He was slated to be a lead role, which would have meant he had to be there for, like, hours and hours at a time. When they found out he was 17, like, that got cut back to a cameo, essentially.
0: Yeah, is that why he's in it for two seconds for the entire movie? That's all Well, could work him.
1: well, well. Also, because other, two reasons. One was other people in the cast, when they were doing practice just found him too weird i think mm-hmm. the director amy heckerling said he brought a dark energy to the role that was not appreciated
0: uh, that's what you bring to this podcast sean thank you
1: <laughs> and secondly he and this is here i don't sure. have like a direct quotation but like apparently he was pretty insufferable at first because, like, this is the only movie he's made where he was billed as Nicolas Cop- Coppola. Coppola. Okay. okay. And he talked the whole time about, like, oh, you know my uncle, you know. Ugh. Wait, are we and talking the... fast times or are we
2: talking best of times? Fast times, fast times. We're talking fast times now.
1: Forget about the best of times. Damn. I will say one more thing about that in a minute. But um, <laughs> the rest of the cast ragged him so hard about that, that he just stopped. And that's part of why he changed his professional name to Nicholas Cage.
0: Hmm.
1: Incidentally, named after Luke Cage, the Marvel comics character. Oh, interesting. The thing that I think makes this movie important, besides as a touch point for like most teen movies, I think even to this day, in terms yep. of the tropes explored is it. the fact that so many actors and actresses were in it who went on to become super famous and super notable and super respected. And like there's, there's three Oscar winners in this cast <laughs> and they were babies. Aww. So Nicholas Cage, obviously mm-hmm. um, undying warrior, as yes. we'll discuss, as we'll establish over the course of this cast, that he is an undying warrior. <laughs> okay. This movie has Sean Penn.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Playing
1: yeah. Jeff Spicoli, Eternal Stoner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it has Jennifer Jason Lee, who has had a remarkable career, in my opinion. Uh, most recently was in. Not most recently, of course, but like, I mean, she was in Hateful Age. She got an Oscar nom for that. She's been in good movies. She's a good, good actress. I think she's cool. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Forrest Whitaker plays well, oh. a small. Uh, he was the football player.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Uh, Anthony Edwards, who was Goose on. Top Gun, <laughs> right? Michael, Michael backed me up on this. This is true, yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, you be my
2: wig man at the time.
1: You know, he was in this. He was in ER, I guess. and never watched ER. <gasps> uh, Eric Stoltz was in this. He was the other stoner. Uh, Phoebe Cates. Uh, Ray Walston, who plays the teacher, he was like a he oh, played. He is great. I like his character a lot. Oof. Um, Pamela Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen's sister, plays one of the cheerleaders. <laughs>
2: acclaimed, acclaimed photographer these days, I reckon. Yeah. Yes.
1: And uh, <laughs> yeah. The other fun thing is um, so. I I don't know where else the actor has been. A uh, guy named Brian Backer plays Mark Ratner, or Rat, in the movie, whose character we'll explore, no doubt. They won a Tony. Never mind. He's a good guy. Okay. Uh, he was also in Police Academy 4.
0: Mm. Have you guys ever been teenagers?
2: Yeah, man. Oh, just, yeah, I remember trying to buy Van Halen tickets back when. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. getting... Getting Get the, laid, or, you know. Yeah, yeah all the sex the you were having. Theater. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. yep,
0: drugs, dude, doing Remember drugs in your high school. Yeah, 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 yeah it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Word. yeah. Remember that time you, like, drove your car into the thing? <laughs> we're gonna be late for prom! Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's what this movie
1: is. Good. Basically. <laughs>
2: So yeah, uh, Uh it's that it's very loosely structured. We got a very, very loosely structured film, where it's just kind of high school kids being high school kids. And I also think maybe it's high school kids being high school kids in a way that mass audiences hadn't really seen much of before.
0: Can I ask a question? Is this what teenagers
2: are boiled down to? Some kind of id level? Okay.
0: Maybe. Is this what high school is like for you guys? Because this is not what high school was like for me.
2: Okay, it was the 1980s. Mm, I think...
1: Okay, sure. Here's the thing. So, like, we talk about Touchstones. And I think this movie presents a vision of high school that sidelines fact for entertainment as we will discuss no doubt but there is a certain verisimilitude due to the fact that it's based on like a informative journalism book that the screenwriter wrote where he actually went to high school for a year pretending to be a student
0: i went for four years
2: (laughs) um (laughs) I think it's worth pointing out that before this you're also not your average high school movie is probably not going to be very representative of real life in high school and while maybe this is imagined to some degree it's imagined in a way that kind of counters that you understand what I'm kind of saying
1: hmm. it's
2: like maybe hmm. this is the imagined other side of it mm. and somewhere in between this movie and what came before it is the real story okay but, Well I, you know, I mean you're keeping up you're keeping up I, I'm keeping up. Well, teacher, I'm
1: I, keeping up. I, so it's like, I guess like, for whatever reason, when I think of this movie, my mind goes back to like both stuff like earlier. So like in the 70s, you knew, you, you had a movie like American Graffiti, which presented a vision of 1950s teenage dumb in a way that I think struck the same balance of like... Factual observation with, like, dramatic embellishments. And then you had, you know, you have, like, a slew of teen movies. You know, like, the the teen sex comedy was established as a genre by this point. Exemplified by movies like friggin' Porky or whatever.
0: Of course. Touchstone for a generation.
2: Everyone's favorite movie, Porky.
1: Yes. I think... All I know about it is I think my dad hates it, so I never
0: want <laughs> to <lie. laughs> add it to the list. Okay. <laughs> Does Greece fit into this? Yes. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, I still think there's a bit of sanitization there.
0: Okay. In Greece?
2: In Greece. No. Yeah. That's
1: real. I-
0: that was a documentary
1: about cars. <laughs> Don't you know cars fly?
0: Yeah, and they make girls cream or whatever.
1: You know, grease. <laughs> yeah. They're powered by lightning. The grease
2: kind.
0: And then they hump the air. Oh, grease is great, but this isn't greasy you guys. This is fast, rigid, Monterey times.
2: It's wild to me that the most iconic parts of these movies are the ones that I think probably had the least bearing on the actual <laughs> film.
0: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: so, we
1: open and I I I'm going to turn the page on my notes here. I'm not going to read my notes, but I will say I think I I dig the aesthetic of this scene. We open on a mall in somewhere California. And there's neon and there's the shopping mall and people are making pizza and buying stuff and walking around and there's probably leg warmers and it's just like there's music i think it's the theme song to I, fast I, times at ridgemont high which was composed beat. by jimmy buffett
2: i thought it was we got the beat oh we really got the beat, beat. that's yeah, why yeah, I wrote I, we that. got the beat down here <laughs> yes we <got> the beat.
0: <laughs> take it outside you two
1: <laughs> I, I seed the michael he was right
0: okay okay
1: We open on the mall. So, like the '80s.
0: You're talking about
2: the '80s. The '80s.
0: Leg warmers.
2: Pat Benatar looks. Yes. Yes. Frizzy hair in this movie. Debbie Debbie Harris cut it. All
1: right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. (laughs) So, I think I think we've we've sort of circled around it. But it must be said, this movie doesn't really have like a story to it. It's not like you're following like the Act One, Act Two, Act Three, whatever plan. It's just like a series of stories with an overarching theme. Just like Greece. You've got the Stacy storyline. We've got the Rat storyline, which intersects with Stacy. We've got the Brad storyline, which <laughs> kind of goes in its own terrain because he's a higher up, you know, he's a senior, he has his own life. Sure. That intersects with Stacy. We've got uh, Mike Damone, who is a cool dude.
0: No. He's well, the opposite of a cool, cool dude. dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have Jeff Spicoli, Eternal Stoner, who has his own story. Mm. His frightful confrontation with Mr. Hand.
0: He's got like a void where a story would go if you wanted to, but. I feel like that void is never filled in this movie. Yeah,
2: I think he's there for just, like, little blips of...
0: Mm -hmm. Of nothing! Um,
2: Of entertainment, maybe. Like Like, there's this idea we can't build a movie off of these four kids trying to get laid, so now we're going to throw in Sean Penn acting like a douche. I hate it. I hate it. This is where we are. I
0: hate it.
2: And you know what? That's the part that's that's stood the test of time. No. It's like the like people look back on this movie, they're thinking Sean Penn or they think that scene with the the pool. Yep. The pool Yes. Yeah.
1: But so uh... I mean I guess like I guess like the easiest synopsis you can make is like you know, you've got Stacy who wants to have sex? And she's got an old. He's got a friend who is like more quote unquote worldly, who is kind of pushing her along. And that is like you know you have got Mark Rat Ratner, who has sort of like a very romantic conception of this. Like he wants to take her on dates and you know be. He's almost like a little teddy bear in a really?
0: suit. That's a very optimistic view of that character, I feel like.
1: Yeah, uh, well, again, it, it's been a bit since I watched it. I mean, I I will say for the record that, like, push comes a shove. I don't... I I view it as, like, if I were in high school, I don't think I'd want to be friends with most of these people. No.
0: No, because you'd be in jail <laughs> halfway through your semester. Uh, I could not connect with anyone in this film. I was at a loss for this entire movie. I was like, who are these people? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, I don't okay. think it's an 80s thing either. I don't think it's just like, oh, it was back then. I just think mm-hmm. everybody's like this, like, sex-obsessed weirdo. Like, what? what is happening?
1: <laughs> I'm just going to name a character, and I want to talk about their story and what you think of them. Okay. And what made sense and what didn't. Okay. All right. Stacy Hamilton. Okay. Michael, take it. what
2: away. am I? What's the question?
1: Yes, what did you characters? think of Stacy? What did you think of Jennifer Jason Lee?, uh,
2: I kind of came away ambivalent, I guess. I don't know. I don't it's it's hard because I don't feel like there was a set anchor to whatever is happening in this movie. And as a part of that, these characters are kind of left not it, it's just hard to track any kind of development among them and well, maybe Stacy had one of the more obvious kind of tracks, I guess, in this movie. I don't know if it really went anywhere in any way that was more, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm struggling with answering the question really, but, uh, well, I mean, it's like, I mean, the movie opens with her.
1: Yeah. Now she, uh, you know, like she wants to lose her virginity. And she does.
2: Yeah, she does. Um, Same. And then she does a good job him. of making that very unromantic and a very, like, kind of demystifying that in a way that seems a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. A lot aggressive.
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah. I, when we do notes, I, I want to read this note and it will be very satisfying to we who live in Wisconsin, um, the audio consultant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but no, so I mean, you know, she does that. She dates Rat, and it's a bad date,
2: I would argue. Um, oh, yeah, he... Uh, I kind of like that scene. I don't know. I thought, it to me, it was a little relatable that rather than admit he forgot his wallet, he just kept ordering things.
1: Oh, no, that, that yeah. part right, I'm talking about when they, they go home and mm. she's trying to initiate, and he feels very off put by that and I think that is relatable but I don't think it makes like it feels very 0 to 60 in an unrealistic way in my opinion
0: okay. yes I don't think it oh. uh, I don't think it makes his character more likable or I don't know
1: I don't And I, I, I want to say for the record I don't dislike Stacey's character for, for initiating no Uh I kind of uh, hurt cool. in that scene.
0: I mean, yeah, she's kind of the victim.
1: Which is what I think leads to her hooking up with Mike Damone.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> sleazebag. Total sleazebag. Oh. Good good taste in posters, though. But not really, because those are all Cam and Crow's posters.
2: <laughs> he likes the Elvis Costello in the B-52s.
0: I do like that he's oh. just trying to work the scalping ticket game the entire movie. I think that's uh, he's
1: it's like. He's like I was. I was. I was this close to working Seven <laughs> Eleven.
2: It's kind of like because it, it's like it takes an <laughs> archetype from you know I'm thinking like 20s gangster films to some degree. Yeah. People who are kind of rigging. Rigging, well, so, games and rate horse races and stuff like that and then taking that and throwing it into high school and now he's just talking cheap trick tickets people who don't want to buy them
0: they're still good dream police come on
1: yeah it's good sings sings the cheap trick. yeah yeah. well that's the fun thing actually sidebar so mike demone's character played by by robert romanes younger brother of uh, Richard Romanis, who played like that gangster character? He was in Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. He was in a few episodes of The Sopranos. Oh. And that is all I'll say in the matter.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Anyway. Uh so yeah, no, she hooks up with Mike. She gets pregnant. Then she gets an abortion. Yeah. Uh, what? And yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? that scene where where like she goes, she, Brad drives her to the bowling alley and then she runs across, not runs, but like she goes across the street to the clinic. Yeah. And Brad sees her in the rear view window and knows and is totally cool about it because he's a good brother.
0: But you can't, you can't, man. You can't have a scene that's five minutes of Sean Penn with a bagel in his crotch. Flipping it off to the teacher, and then you spend four minutes on your. The main character gets an abortion plotline. You just can't do it.
1: Yeah, this movie did.
0: This movie did. I, uh, I respect sure. it in a way,
1: but All right. I can't. Brad Hamilton. What do we think of him?
2: He does the scene where he masturbates. Haha! It's funny. <laughs> Stacy's mom. lol. Linda walk in. Haha. Ha. Hmm. um i like (laughs) brad (laughs) i don't know i like brad i i guess he kind of has this like king of the school thing that doesn't hold any kind of water
1: that's the thing it's like
2: he he thinks
1: he's hot shit and then it all collapses in front of him it's like somewhat satisfying to see him like Lose his job at the
2: well. I mean, satisfying. Oh, I, I, I can't think. say that. I I felt bad for the guy because I, I feel bad for him yeah. too. But like,
1: like, I don't know. It it it's like it's almost like 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 a Greek play in that like <laughs> his downfall was his hubris.
0: <laughs> I guess it's good when his girlfriend's giving him the same spiel. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs>
2: yeah (laughs) Hmm. but he's so likable yeah Yeah, for the most part even even if he's kind of a dick yeah he he does have that bit of i think there's a redemption arc to him if there is any kind of redemption arc (laughs) he throws
0: away the pirate costume he says no more it's beautiful it's a beautiful and then he
2: stops the one the 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 stuff with stacy the abortion sequence and you've got the uh, the ending where he becomes the manager after he throws coffee in some guy's face. Oh,
1: yeah. All thanks to Jeff Spicoli going to the bathroom. That's um, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I forgot all about that.
1: Okay, sure, yeah. He's wearing the Bruce shirt. He, he's got Bruce power throwing that Yeah,
2: thing. yeah. Bruce power. He's wearing the Bruce Springsteen shirt. Pamela Springsteen somewhere else on set. It all it comes works.
0: together. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, so,
1: quick aside, so, when he's in the pirate costume, and he quits, and he's throwing the food out the window, because he feels embarrassed, because a a pretty woman in the car over is, like, laughing at him, that is Nancy Wilson of the band Heart.
2: Oh, no way!
1: Who went on to marry Cameron Crowe. They were, like, dating at the time, I think. Oh. Uh, yeah no it's Nancy Wilson
0: oh (laughs) that's like the least exciting person that could have been I don't know (laughs) my brain isn't firing
2: (laughs) I think it's kind of a neat fun fact yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay but I like
0: I also like Hart.
1: Jeff Spicoli
2: bad terrible bad (laughs) my god why it feels like they needed a mascot
0: it feels like my dad is making a movie or something and he's like this is what teenagers are
2: yeah
0: they do drugs so i don't get why i like the teachers Cause the teacher is so also that where it's like bad '80s college movie or something where it's like this is what professors are like they're squares but I don't know I liked him, Mr. Hand. Well,
1: I think I think like if you talk about like authority figures in teen movies, you don't talk about Mr. Hand very often because I think for the by and large, it feels like it was played straight whereas like. I don't know, the principal in Ferris Bueller is so over-the-top that, like, you can remember that more.
2: Animal House! That, and, like, I think Mr. Hand kind of, it felt like he had agency. He was fighting back, too. He was a little more than just kind of your your squarish teacher, (laughs) and that he would react to things that happened, and he was holding his own as far as, like, comedic beats went. You know, yeah. Like, he, wasn't, Spicoli, he wasn't like Spicoli acts up in class, and Mr. Hand acts up back against him. Goes he eats out of his way his to annoy pizza. him. Yeah, he eats it up. <laughs> okay,
0: Bruce. but it's not a plot, and that's a lot of this movie. Like, there's no. <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: I, I'm following. I'm just saying this okay. is maybe why Mr. Hand vibes a little better than the rest of the
0: rest of the crew.
2: Yeah, I the will say. Crew.
1: I will say, how do we feel about the scene where Mr. Hand shows up and makes Jeff Spicoli do, like, eight hours of history in, like, his bedroom, which is lined with wood and nude pictures?
0: (laughs) It's good set design. I don't like it, because it doesn't translate (laughs) into anything. It's like, okay, sure, this is the end of his character arc, but it's not like... Anything changes? Like, why is uh, this in here?
2: Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think as far as things changing, you get Spicoli understanding history a
0: little <laughs> bit. It's not it's like, like he like goes a... on to use that for anything. No, I know, like, I
2: know, I know, I like, know, I know, but no. It, it does seem a little weird. I don't think it's very good with the exception that I like this. Yeah. this Spicoli annoys Mr. Hand so Mr. Hand goes out of his way to annoy Spicoli back kind of dynamic sure, sure. Even if it's absolutely if you're trying to like frame this movie in terms of this is what high school is really like that would absolutely not fly Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. not how school happens it's not how teachers do
0: <laughs> tell me how teachers do
2: not like that <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: Very good. Okay. Okay. All right.
1: So I hate all the characters.
0: Uh, We've established that.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, like, it feels like those are sort of the three I would say I would argue comfortably those are the three leads and you can argue like lead quality like throughout the movie, but like everything else feels like sort of secondary because like Mike DeMone's character doesn't matter except in relation to Stacy. Mark doesn't matter in relation, doesn't matter except in relation to Stacy or does like, you know, Phoebe Cates, character, uh, you know, like Mr. Hand is really only in the movie to like provide a foil to, you know, just Spicoli. But I guess like, I guess like, I want to talk about two other performances and kind of gauge what you were observing. So like, let's start with, um, force Whitaker as Charles Jefferson, the star quarterback.
0: He's angry.
1: He is angry. His brother, he likes Jeff. They drive the car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that classic scene where he liked Jeff. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It's I mean, the only thing I take away from that performance is Oh it's it's uh, it's Forrest, Whis- Forrest Whisk Forest Whiskers. Oh
2: <laughs> Star Wars Rogue
0: One face? Yes, he died on the planet. It was sad. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, guess that's, I mean in- that's my reaction too for the most part. Yeah, I mean like I think
1: because, like, by and large, this was really the only. Uh, this was only his second movie, Horace Whitaker.
0: It shows,
1: uh, and I think if 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 like, like yeah, there's really not much more to talk about in that. Um, I do want to talk about um, a man named Vincent Schiavelli.
0: Vincenzo. Uh,
1: he played the biology teacher. They went um, to the world oh, world. yeah. What do you think of him?
0: Yeah, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Well, so like that was this whole thing. Like so, he was. I mean, I like he was a character actor. He like basically just played. Um the quote-unquote instantly recognizable sad-faced person uh, (laughs) in most movies. What a life. I mean, like, and he's been in a lot of things. I mean, he was in uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. He was in Mm. Ghost. He was in Batman Mm. Returns. He was in Man Mm. on the Moon. Mm. Uh, Mm. Roger Ebert liked him a lot. Mm. Which brings me to another point. If we're getting into the part where, like, we're summarizing our feelings about the movie... Um, in his review of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Roger Ebert gave this movie one star and called it a scuzz pit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Yes. This movie is a scuzz pit. But with heart. It's got a soul to it, you know?
2: Literally, Nancy Wilson's there. Yeah
0: oh. 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 <laughs> you just like you just took a year off my life, Michael, thank you.
2: <laughs> uh, I try to help. um I do what I can.
0: Do we maybe yes, it is getting on. Maybe we just uh go around and maybe just give our, our heartfelt summation here and then do the quickest note section we've ever seen.
1: Okay. Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Sean, why don't you go <laughs> first?
1: Okay. You want like a heartfelt estimation on this movie? Yes. Get out your uh, dowsing
0: rod and lead us to the truth.
1: This is a movie I have seen twice in my life. The first time was actually in high school, and I think I watched it with my parents. Oh my God. The second time was for this podcast. <laughs> this even and moves- both and both times felt superfluous. Okay. Okay. Like
0: high school. Would you rather watch this movie again or relive high school?
2: Oh, watch this movie again. This is <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in there.
0: <laughs> Michael is quick on the draw with that one.
1: I would I I would probably just watch this movie again. It's like I liked high school and I'm still friends with a lot of people from high school, but like yeah. that's four years, man. this it is 90 some minutes.
0: that's fair. It was kind it's of a silly longer. question <laughs> <laughs> Okay. is that your summation? is this, it is superfluous yeah. yeah okay okay Michael, is it a super super superfluous movie?
2: Um, There are some things I liked. I enjoyed, I, not enjoyed, enjoyed a, weir- a weird word for it. Uh-oh. I liked some of the more cynical, I guess, takes on high school life that came out of it. Like, I don't think you were supposed to come away wanting to be any of these characters. Sure. And I think it did well with that. I am, I think it's impressive that it's the mid-80s and we have a movie where uh, abortion is seen as an important plot point yeah. And how characters kind of wrestle with that. And I think that's also kind of worth mentioning there. Aside from those kinds of bits, I about halfway through watching it for the sprocket, I realized I'd actually seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High before, <laughs> and completely forgot everything that pretty much happened. Um, <laughs> Is that the first time this has happened? It's the first time in recent memory. Okay. Okay. So I. I I guess at the end of the day there, while there are some things I think that are kind of worth the appraisal. And I think it's good that there's, I I honestly kind of like how fast and loose it played with the structure. Yes. Because it felt more slice of life than it did this kind of, I I honestly would rather have had that than, you know, there'd be like a set narrative, romantic narrative to it Sure. or anything like that, which is what I feel like it would have had to have been to kind of keep these themes going through it. But at the end of the day, I don't think I ever need to see Fast Times at Ridgemont High again. I don't really care for it all that much. I, I don't know. It it it'll 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 I'll, I'll probably forget about it, maybe. Okay. Okay. Also, the the I, I it really amazes me that the parts that people have taken away are the Phoebe Kate's pool scene and the. Uh, are you surprised, Michael? Are you
0: surprised?
2: No, well, I mean, I'm not surprised. I guess it's just those are the worst parts of the movie.
0: Do you like think they knew? The they parts knew?
2: That have no bearing.
0: Did they know, Michael? Did they know? Probably. Okay. Okay.
2: They probably knew they had to sell a movie. Okay. Boobs okay. and funny guy. So. <laughs> That's all I care about. Put it to the top of the list, dude. Uh,
0: Here's my thesis on fast, rigid, Montreal high times, okay? You know how Grease sucks because it's like people who are looking back at the 50s with this weird nostalgia in the 70s, and it kind of sucks because that's not what the 50s were. It's like tainted. This is like that, but in the time it's taking place for me, where it's like, oh, remember this as you're experiencing it right now? But that's not what's happening. Or it is. I don't know how the 80s were, but I get Grease vibes, and I don't like Grease vibes for movies. (laughs) So I I was kind of... uh, Stupefied during most of this film. So and, wait, uh, yes.
2: Yeah. So, do you think that people are looking at the uh, this as like a positive kind of?
0: Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, this is this 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 is our time, you know, or something. It just feels like people making a movie and trying to portray something in a way that people think something is, even though it never was or something. But it's happening like immediately.
1: It's almost like it's almost like a like a like a picture from life. Almost like they thought like, oh, we're gonna get this fresh in the moment,
0: <laughs> right? It's a little staged. It's a little buffed up, maybe. But trying to still, it's still got abortion in it. Ooh, it's still got boobs in it.
1: Ooh, you know, it's got I Tom guess, music in it. Ooh, yeah.
2: I guess I just didn't come away with it thinking that this was something. You know, like people watch this and think. Oh, yeah, high school was great. I feel like that's what it is, though. I, I didn't get that. I didn't either. But yeah, I'm saying... I got the impression that
1: that high school is kind of like the hell you make.
0: <laughs> yeah, truer words have never been spoken, son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't connect with this movie, really, in any way. It was just kind of like, oh. I feel that way about most movies about teenagers because they always portray being a teenager as not terrifying. This one kind of has some terrifying stuff in it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But they kind of sweep it under the rug immediately. It's like,
2: Mm -hmm. can I... do the
0: laugh. (laughs) I just hate that he's like, I gotta sell... Dude, I need the money so she can get an abortion. And then it doesn't happen, and then he just doesn't show up, and that's just like, the end. I'm like, what? Like, I, get, but, I get it, he's a bad person, but...
1: But, uh, you know, he, he gets busted for selling Ozzy Osbourne tickets, so he has to work at 7-Eleven.
0: That's true. I guess so, it all works out.
1: I will say the one thing before we go to notes is that that ending part, the ending montage, where it has, like, the fate of every character. <laughs> yeah, the fate. Apparently not not an Amy Heckerling decision. She just wanted to leave it open-ended. Yeah. The studio or someone was like, Nope. We gotta have resolution. We, okay. This got to be like Animal House. We gotta know what happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah. think it's unnecessary. I think it, it's not needed.
2: okay yeah. of cheapens I mean, it. I. It was the one moment I chuckled at Spicoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he rescued Brooke Shields and spent all the reward money on booking Van Halen for his birthday. <laughs>
0: it's almost it's like, like Van having Van someone write a joke for a spicoli who? Yeah.
1: Jeff. Jeff. So, did Sean
0: Penn just, like, ad lib a t- bunch of terrible. He just ad libbed a bad character, is what you're saying? And then that's, like, half the movie? Or, like, a third of the movie? It's just, like, Sean Penn.
1: So, like. His, uh, I'm trying to. Yes, that sucks. Well, because, like, he. This is another one where, like, he had been in one movie beforehand taps which is like a military drama starring oh okay george c scott of course uh and timothy hutton
0: hmm.
1: oh it's about like military school students uh and there was some
0: nope no more taps things we <laughs>
1: <laughs> one
0: movie per sprocket please
1: oh oh the other thing was that um Making this movie, Sean Penn got super into method acting, so he made everyone mm. call him Spicoli.
0: Mm 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 mm. Not worth the paycheck. I would have left.
1: <laughs> he also he also um, smoked real pot, dude. Radical. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked a real vape pen for this movie. Wah. Oh yeah. One more bit, that dream sequence with Jeff and all the bikini surfer people, <laughs> yeah. that was shot after production because they wanted to make him more of a character. Hate it. Hate it. <laughs> ah, you're making my skin crawl. Okay. Uh, Final note, he improvised most of the Mr. Hand scenes. Do you want to do notes?
0: Yes. I feel like I everyone is improving. You around him uh, picture yourself and you have like a Gatling gun right and you're loading your notes into this Gatling gun and this Gatling gun fires the most notes per minute of any gun in the world and this is the delivery mechanism for
2: notes begin okay Okay, Okay. do you want me to go? Yes, Michael, take it. You have the first volume. All right, we got the beat. Uh, Ticket scalping (laughs) for Van Halen. Uh, Soundtrack is definitely done by some guy who was a rock and roll journalist at one point. Uh, Uh The, the, in quotation marks, Boku (laughs) Dolores. I love this. Keep going, keep going. The Point. I don't know if this was the first time anyone ever referenced The Point, but obviously it is a high school movie, so we have references to The Point, which is actually just, what was it, like a dugout or something? Who yeah. the hell knows? Some guy sniffs a bun in the, uh, the <laughs> restaurant, and I thought that was kind of funny. Okay. Um, Michael, wait, wait. Reload. Okay. Uh, it's funny because he say play side one of Zeppelin 4, but he play how... Uh, he. Say physical graffiti. Um, the quote. The the quote. First, he's gonna shit. Then he's gonna kill us. Um, <laughs> I do love do this, do, this. Okay. Yes. Uh, do, 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 That's a good do, note. <laughs> are you in? <laughs> Are you in my class? I am today. <laughs> when Spicoli winds up in uh, the, the 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 part where they're dissecting people, I wrote that uh, life in the Fa- the cover of Life in the Fast Lane At in the end there, end this line? movie is better than the Eagles' actual recording of Life in the Fast Lane. Ouch! Uh, I wrote the line. Uh, I forget that one. I, I I noted that Brad was wearing <laughs> was a Bruce bad. Springsteen t-shirt, and Pamela Springsteen was in the credits. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Oh that yeah, that in the in okay. the credit sequence. I liked how the credit sequence, uh, the credits kind of closed the way the movie opened, where you have hmm. the all shutting down. I Ooh. like that, and I like the shots they had of the mall. It was a more, it felt more documentarian than the rest of this thing was. Yes. So that is what I got.
0: That was a good volley, Michael. Thank you. I felt it. <laughs> I like the note that was, uh... And then you went on to a new note. That was amazing! Okay, Sean.
1: Oh, me? Okay. Fire
0: up the gun. I don't have any notes. <laughs>
1: Alright, I uh, gotta get, gotta get the, 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 the belt of bullets on. Uh, uh damn right. up. Oh, Jerome, i no, no. Slide, slide, Jerome. Alright. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, notes. Mall intro, aesthetically pleasing.
0: Okay, okay.
1: On Johnson, audio consultant.
0: <laughs> A memoir. Uh...
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. It's reloaded. Gatling is reloaded. Okay. Uh... I am a homo is not an insult. Nick cage where he puts the sign on the back of the guy and it's like, Oh yeah. No, don't do that. That's horrible. That's, that's yeah. Uh, John Steinbeck's the pearl. Someone's reading the pearl in the group shot. Um, okay. is that an eraser head button on Mike Damone's shirt? Question. Mm. Uh, Sean Penn is smoked out bra with the VW bus scene. Uh, Aloha. <laughs>
2: Oh my God.
1: They sniff the papers. Uh, sure. Relax your uh, relaxed muscles. Uh, let's see. Okay. Taking Liberties. That is one of the posters in Mike DeMone's room, Elvis Costello one. Devo poster, Tattoo You poster. All good. I love that. I love that stuff. Uh, boy Brad loves his car when he's washing it. Yeah. Uh, what are you people on dope? All right, next note. Uh, He pissed on the Santa, the little kid who pisses on the Santa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a whole Christmas thing in this movie, folks. Uh, Hell of a piss, Arnold, when Brad gets fired. Yeah, Uh, that's
0: good. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off, Mike. We Stan, Deborah, Harry. He's talking to the cutout Mm -hmm. of Deborah Harry. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have an all caps cashmere. Uh, uh, note here, Mike has the Hennessy. Mike apparently mm-hmm. keeps a bottle of Hennessy cognac in his locker, which is <laughs> fucking telling. Post- don't buy, you're buying expensive shit. Uh, Nick Cage cheers at football. That is one of the few scenes where Nick Cage is in shot in this movie. <laughs> um, well. Assassinate Lincoln, which is a tasteful... Uh, phrase one uses to describe a high school football rivalry. Yeah. Um, Stacy's mom has got it going on. That's all that Have you want between parentheses. Okay. Um, Elvis Costello button. I think he's wearing the famous yellow face. Well, Elvis Costello has like a face that is colored yellow in the button hmm. that is on Mike Damone's weird vest thing. <laughs> uh so brad is an okay brother you yeah. know yeah. um robin williams popeye shirts i think mark yeah. Ratner was wearing a popeye shirt, which i found found cool because that movie actually i think is pretty good uh i really like the science teacher yep i think he's a cool dude yep. um i have here leg warmers, and I added four exclamation points. Oof. And Bruce Springsteen t-shirt.
0: <laughs> you and guys both dialed in on that Bruce Springsteen t-shirt.
2: It's a good wow. t-shirt. I didn't
1: even so notice it. <laughs> i have a little Bruce on me.
2: There were a lot of music references.
1: Yes.
0: Cameron Crowe.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, that, I think, is a Cameron Crowe finger point. But... <laughs> I hate him for it. This is a little Mm. extra.
0: Before we rank this mother, I have a quick question. Yes. Why did Fountains of Wayne choose that scene to represent, like, the mom? Because in this movie, it's a young girl. It's, like, younger than the man fantasizing about her. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know? You know?
1: Well, it's still a fantasy, and it's also weirdly enough a cultural touchstone even yeah. though unless you made references to it no one would care yeah it's so weirdly specific too it is it's like you can watch that music video and not know anything about the movie and I yeah. guess come away thinking like oh boy the color red sure is erotic <laughs> and you'd be right <laughs> <laughs> um, okay <laughs> Well, Sean. Yes.
0: Let's do the cage ranking first. Okay. Okay, where do you think it goes in the list?
1: Well, for the moment, it is the only entry (laughs) on our cage bracket. The cage cage? The cage cage. It is squarely at... I will say this.
0: (laughs) It's in second place.
1: We will consult research and development to come up with a proper metric for rating the filmography of Nicolas Cage. Okay, But I think an important component of that is screen presence. And I got to say, not a lot of screen presence Mm -hmm. from our Lord and Savior, Nicolas
2: Cage.
0: Hurting. Hurting. He's hungry for more screen time, but they ain't going to give it to him.
2: Should we provisionally rank the best of times here too? Mm,
0: mm, no, because I haven't <laughs> seen it.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's I, my would loophole. Not, I would not. Okay. The, the thing is, like introducing the best of times would forever skew the cage <laughs> film ranking. You're putting thought into this. That is always squarely going to be a top five because oh my fucking god, I just watched Nick Cage talk for five minutes about El Salvador.
0: You can't... So you're saying you can't start with a showstopper?
1: No, like, if the best of times was the only contribution Nicolas (laughs) Cage had made to any and all screen media, it would still be legendary. (laughs) <laughs> for the worst reason. Yeah. But it is legendary, I would argue, for the best reason, which is that love him or hate him, Nicolas Cage remains at the front and center of like. My heart. Yes. And the 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 sort of Lovecraftian apparatus that is hollywood
0: okay (laughs) okay national treasure 3 catch it disney plus uh that was beautiful sean thank you i feel like you're (laughs) eulogizing him or something but we'll he's still alive and we'll we'll have many more cage movies to go but
1: until until the time comes when he must descend into the pyramid that he bought for himself (laughs) in new orleans
0: There's just there's like clones in there and he just another one pops out and makes another bad movie.
1: I would not Hmm. be surprised if we hear like of the passing of Nicolas Cage and then he still has movies coming out for like five years afterward. Because he just like got them all done in advance.
0: It's beautiful. He's like in Shrek 7 or something (laughs) from now. Okay. I like it. But you guys the horses are attired, the wagon wheels are all bumpity, we should take it on home, we should put this in a list, the sprocket list. And Sean, you are going to provide color commentary uh, for this process, but uh, we're mm-hmm. going to kind of, uh, I'm going to steamroll Michael, as I always do, and put it exactly where I want. Mm-hmm. So, the sprocket list as it stands, starting from the bottom, now we're here. Yes, Michael? Please. Give it no, to me.
2: Gotta... No, do it. Say now. Am I, we're here. am I saying? Am I saying the list? Just say now we're here. Now
0: we're here. Okay. The pacifier. Nightmare on Elm Street three. Hard Dream target. Dream War. Oh, Dream you Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have that in. <laughs> uh, hard target is after Nightmare on Elm Street three. Dream you The Secret of Nim. Iron Man. The Matrix. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. The Nightmare Before Christmas the witch and raw the film raw is number one
2: best movie ever made
0: best movie ever made i think this one goes below hard target
2: michael thoughts uh i am wrestling with above or below hard target as well okay
0: i enjoyed hard target
1: (laughs) that's my argument (laughs) Yeah. yes um i think so if you want my color if you want my color Barry, yes. I think you look at, like, I mean, on the one hand, if we're going to compare just those two movies, okay, yes. <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah. Uh, Fast Times has the beginning, as on film, the beginnings of many famous actors and actresses' careers. It's like sort of a nascent, you know, capture of, you know, future potential. It's preserved by the friggin' Library of Congress, and can you say that of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Hard Target? Unfortunately, uh. no.
0: <laughs> they screwed up. That's their fault, not ours. We can fix it. We can um, fix history.
1: And you have a movie that, for better or for worse, remains a touchstone of the teen movie genre, and I would argue it's sort of leaning toward the worst, because I think that's a garbage genre. <laughs> With the exception Fair. of like newer, more consciously aware movies that subvert the trope. Okay. Um, on the other hand, Hard Target as crazy jazz guitar. Yes. It has Jean Claude Van Damme playing some kind of Creole guy. And it's got oh, sure. to it work for Grimley on a horse riding away from explosions. <laughs> sure and punches and it's, really, it's really hard to argue with that because I found gifts of it. Nice.
0: I saw those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they made me smile. So in conclusion, I'd say like... <sighs> this movie, I think... Premise-wise, is an acquired taste and is execution-wise just kind of, sort of, okay. I mean, like, I don't, you know, for anyone listening who's curious, I mean, like, you know, Cameron Crowe obviously went on to go write Almost Famous and some other films, um, which are bad, probably. Uh, I mean, (laughs) heck, really. Elizabethtown, please, Sean. Uh, didn't he also write that Hawaii movie that was really very poorly received? Fifty First States. Absolutely, dates? he did. Oh, oh no, oh no! no. Uh, Aloha,
2: is it Aloha? I think it is
1: Aloha. Now I, that know, what I, you, mean, I know what you mean. Dubai.
2: The one where where uh yeah, I I
1: think, well, someone yep. someone someone was cast to play like. A native Hawaiian character and they were white, and that is very bad.
2: Yep, yep, that (laughs) happened. Yeah, Uh, that's the one, yep.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) Academy Award winner Cameron Crowe providing maybe not his best work.
0: Okay.
1: Um, But then, like Amy Heckerling made Clueless, which is a movie that 90s 90s kids know, even though they were like three when it came out. (laughs)
0: Yes. God, Clues is so much better than this movie.
1: Oh my At, goodness. Added to the, added to the, <laughs> the, the sprocket, ducker.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs>
1: um, um, the last thing I will say is like, I don't think I think as you flesh out this list, Fast Times might be a fairly comfortable ceiling. Because I think there are surely movies that are more terrible than this one.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at the Pacifier. It's on this list. (laughs) And I would say... Don't look at
1: the Pacifier. I
2: guess... I guess... So... Peter Panda. You have
1: have made mention of the fact that the Pacifier is a fairly comfortable, like, foundation. If we were building a house, the Pacifier is your rock-solid, concrete foundation, it's the basement.
2: This might somehow be the Below thing the basement. anyone's ever it said is about the, it, is, it is
1: the rock <laughs> on which you build the Church of the Sprocket.
0: Okay. I don't like it. Can I move <laughs> it? <laughs> I don't want it But so My
1: question is, like, do you have a ceiling yet? Would Fast to maybe make a good ceiling? Or do you want to put that, like, sort of in the pews? In, Are you like, asking
0: where the bad movies start?
1: I guess I would say that. Where... Does Fast Times have enough quality to escape the almost like title pull of the bad movie miasma? No, it doesn't," says Tucker.
2: I think it does. Michael thinks it does. Michael
1: thinks it does. <laughs> I
2: don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think I'll watch it again. I appreciate its existence and understand why people like it.
0: <laughs> okay, but okay, okay, but I think there's room between. There's like this beautiful canyon between Hard Target and Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors, where I think a movie that could fit both of these descriptions could still live.
2: Uh. Hmm. 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 I don't know. I I tend to think it goes north of hard target.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, Sean, color commentary. I want it below hard target. Michael wants it above hard target. You decide, Sean.
1: Okay. Couple questions. One. How. Convincing is Jean-Claude Van Damme's Creole accent. Not. Not. (laughs) Okay. Strike one. Two. Um, How does the soundtrack to both movies stack up against one another? And I'm not talking like function within the movie. I'm talking pure aesthetic enjoyment. Which one would you rather listen to?
0: Not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I.
1: Okay, think of it this way. If someone gave you two mixtapes, like, divorced from context and said, like, I got some nice tunes for you, and one is the Fast Times soundtrack and the other is the Hard Target soundtrack, which one do you think would have been playing in your tape deck? I don't think
2: that's wholly fair, though, because the Fast Times soundtrack is just a bunch of mildly popular rock songs.
1: All (laughs) right, okay,
2: that's that's fair. If the only way
0: to... If the only way to listen to those songs was to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I would never listen to those songs again.
1: <laughs> okay. Um
0: Sean, do not answer my question with more questions, sir. You are on the uh, podium uh, there's now.
2: There's a one what's this final strike? Okay. This is important.
0: Okay. Bottom <laughs> of the ninth. It all comes down to this.
1: Dun, dun. I guess like <laughs>
2: <laughs> <da>,
1: <laughs> Base is loaded. Is in sports this part? comment is separate from my final sort of stipulation. Oh my gosh. Sean. I, well I will I, I will just <laughs> say I I don't feel maybe as visceral a dislike of this movie because I just don't care about it from any real standpoint like i could have lived my life without watching this movie but on the other hand having learned about the movie hard target from the sprocket a movie podcast i think that listening to that episode made me want to watch the sprocket and i don't know made me want to watch hard target And I don't know if listening to this episode (laughs) would maybe be like a stellar, sterling recommendation for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is inexplicably a canonical teen movie. Because I don't think it's anything particularly special. I think it's just a product of circumstance – between the fact that, like, the produ- the the writer went on to do more famous things, the director went on to do more famous and better things, the actors went on to do different, better movies, and this one just feels like, well, like, it started somewhere. Whereas I think, like, Hard Target is, like, a good product of the 90s action culture. Mm.
2: You see, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's a good product of the '90s of the action '90s. Maybe just a product that, like, if you wanted to
1: have '90s action movie,
2: it would not be the John Woo movie I'd recommend to people, and it probably Eh. wouldn't be the first '90s action movie I'd recommend to people. Okay, hell, I'd go with the Die Hard sequels first. Yeah. Uh,
0: Here's okay. Here's my take. Right? Okay. I don't think Fast Times is a movie anyone sees because someone recommends it to them. I feel like it's a movie people watch because it's a famous movie, and they're like, oh, I should have seen this because it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But Hard Target is a movie I would recommend to people and be like, you should watch this. Really? Absolutely!
2: That makes me... because I I brought that up. I feel good now.
0: Oh, Michael, you did it.
2: Hey, I did it.
0: You're the first link in the chain. (laughs) And now Sean might maybe watch it someday if he's Hates himself.
2: <laughs> Sean, you should watch it. He punches a snake unconscious. He does, dude. But I would never be like, dude, you should watch Fast Times. She gets an
0: abortion, dude. Like, <laughs> it's not the same.
2: Yeah,
1: Fast Times almost feels like, almost feels like, like a rite of passage movie. Like, it's not a movie you watch because, like, you, you want think to. fondly of it. You watch it because, like, it 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 is like the door that someone wants you to go through and maybe you want to go through, but like, I don't know,
2: but I don't it's more I, of like a historical uh, thing. I think at this Yes,
1: it is kind of like,
2: it is turned into
1: an artifact and maybe that's just because we're watching it in this year. Whereas in years past, it would have been maybe more of like a direct experience. I'd, I don't know. I just feel like we're going to get to a point where, like, I think this movie will become, like, something that is taught in film class because it has the famous people in it.
2: Uh, It already is, actually. When I said I realized I'd watched it before, I realized the place I'd watched it was the high school film class.
0: (laughs) I don't get it. It's not an interesting film, though. It's not, like, filmic in any interesting way. Like, American Graffiti is this same thing, but like before and better. I don't get it.
1: I don't get it. Tucker's angry about movies. <laughs> well, well, I think the interesting thing is like American Graffiti has sort of an interesting like auteur edge to it because I feel like George Lucas is trying to make like a serious movie because he was like a film student kid yes. who had, his other movie had been like a high concept sci-fi flick and then he made like a deeply felt Fifties sort of revisionist, not maybe not revisionist, but like I felt right. like he was Rose trying country. to say something with American Graffiti, and I don't know if Fast Times is saying anything. Well, Hard target.
2: Might be trying to.
0: He's like begging for money in the street, and they don't even care, man. They don't even care, and then it
2: goes. Well, well, okay. they if They don't kill him, and then they kill him. He's
1: like, does. <laughs> Does like the
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're maybe overthinking this one a little bit, but Sean, please ask your final question about this topic. <laughs> you know, um, the great hard target or fast times debate of our time.
1: So, um, we have these I guess my have... final question would be, um, yeah. <laughs> which pound be for better? pound, which movie do you think had the better acting in it?
0: Oh come on! <laughs> I'm serious. Leading I'm the serious. witness. Fast Get him out of time. here.
1: I mean, <laughs> generous with pound easily, for pound. I feel like there aren't as many time. players in Hard Target. You've got your John 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 Dammit. Uh, you've got yes. you've yeah. got the other person. You've got whoever the villain is. <laughs> you've got the is. other
2: person. The villains are like why. I guess if we're going acting pound per pound, that's where the strength is in that movie because the rest of it's just kind of horny, fake Louisiana.
0: Okay. You guys are depressing me. Just tell me which one is the better movie and let's go with it.
2: I guess,
1: in conclusion, I'd say if you put this under hard target, I would have no hard feelings because I don't want to think about this movie anymore. Um... But I think people, well, then again, who cares about other people? This is your That's
0: list. right. That's right, man. <laughs>
2: yes. Michael. We can just put it under hard target, Tucker. <laughs> put it under hard target. Let's get this over Michael. With. Put it under hard target. My- Michael.
0: Are you sure?
2: <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I do think I'd much rather go watch hard target again, and I guess maybe that's...
1: That's sort of the final like recommendation.
2: We are talking about
0: like third from the bottom of our list. Like it's not uh, you know.
2: This is I'm important. not too too. Yeah, yeah I... we're talking Tucker. Although... Cano- talk- we are talking canonical filmmaking now.
0: That's right. Mm. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I didn't realize.
2: Okay. And you know, take take
1: consolation in the fact that like if. What we talked about in the chat comes to fruition. We will someday watch Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yes. And, buddy, we're going to have such an argument over how deep the bottom is. Oh, it's <laughs> deep.
0: It echoes.
1: Forever. <laughs>
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot, 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 reboot.
1: All right. So is it on your list? Do you put it on the list? It's done. Hard times
0: at Fast Ridge High is on there. It's below hard target. We're ready to look to the future and go to sleep. Thank you, everyone. The king has left the building.
2: I was walking on the ground. I didn't make a sound. Then I turned around and I
0: saw a clown. Had a frown. Stood on a mound. Started barking like a hound.